Thank you, brother. So to get started, um, we'll be reading a lot of scriptures, so if you have your Bibles, I'll go ahead and uh, get those out. Um, we'll be talking about uh, why, you know, sort of why do we call ourselves the Church of Christ? Um, as you guys remember, I guess I mean that literally as the guys remember last week or two weeks now, um, we started, we, we threw out a lot of questions and we sort of uh, just we threw out things that maybe other people had asked us, that we've asked ourselves, that we've wondered, uh, that we weren't sure of. And we formulated this list. And the whiteboard was full. I don't know if you guys have seen it over the last couple weeks. Um, of just different tough questions. And the idea is to kind of look at what the scripture says about that, compare it to what the world says about it, um, and come to some sort of conclusion or at least you know better knowledge than we started with. Some things, will be, I'll, I'll let you know now, some things will be more easily resolved than others. Um, but as that first week was, this was, this will really be discussion based. So don't be afraid to, you know, throw out your opinion on something or be wrong or I guess just kind of leave your pride at the door on this one because this would be, it moves very slowly if uh, there's not a lot of feedback. I'll let you know that. So be here as long as you want to be here. I guess I don't know. Um, but uh, so we'll get started uh, into the meat of tonight's lesson. What is the Church of Christ and. Uh, at the top of my little notes, I kind of put that it is both description and prescription. Because when you go to the doctor and you get a prescription, they're telling you to do something. When the Bible prescribes something, it's, it's like a command. It's telling us what to do. And we believe that the church of Christ, that describes who we are, right? That we are a church and we are of Christ. We belong to Christ. And it is also... Uh, Prescription that we believe the Bible commands us to like we we believe that is a commanded name for our church that Scripture tells us to call ourselves uh, the Church of Christ and so we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on as we will see from the scriptures we're going to look at. Um, I I wanted to kind of look a little bit into the language I won't get too deep into it but the the word church that the King James Bible first translated church comes from ecclesia which if you've ever heard. Uh, may have heard before. It kind of gets thrown out. It's, it's very common in sort of modern, uh, any sort of either theology or Bible things to look at what that means. Uh, and it just means the called out ones. It just means the assembly. Uh, it wasn't until much later usage that it started to be translated on some Bibles as the congregation. But congregation is kind of a newer word. Um, it really just meant uh, anybody called out from like a greater group. So you, you could have a Ecclesia or an assembly of doctors. You could have an assembly of lawyers. It didn't always have a religious meaning. It wasn't until it started to be used in association with the church so much that it sort of means what it means today. And we could get into, well, if it means assembly, why is it translated church? And that's a whole theological discussion that is outside the scope of what we're going to do today. But it does exist. It, it, it definitely meant just sort of assembly more so than building. Because if you've ever... Oh, I should have opened with this, but anybody who's uh, been in VBS will tell you the church is not what the building, right? You've heard the church is not the building; it is the people. I just remember that's one of the first things we learned. You know, it's not not the building; it is the people. Um, so, as I said, we'll be looking at the scripture. So, if you have your Bibles, um, if I get three people to read from Acts, because we're going to look at what the, what, there's a lot of scriptures we could look at, and uh, whenever we're done, I've got a handout that has a lot of this written down. If you guys want it, I'll give it out at the end. Um, but uh, if I can have someone re read Acts 5, 
I'll give three of them out, and then I'll have you guys read, because we're going to look at what the Bible says about church, or what, how the word church <clears throat> is used in the Bible. Um, so if I get someone to read Acts 5.11. And I've got two more. So great fear came upon all the church, and upon all who heard these things. Okay. Uh, how about Acts 8.1. Saul was consisting unto his death, and at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout all regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. Okay. So I'm going to look at these two. We'll introduce the third one in a second. Um, but just looking at 511, um, Brett, why don't you go ahead and read that again? But this, read uh, verse 10 in front of it. I should have told you that when you started. Read verse 10 and then read verse 11. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Okay, so just in 511, uh, and I'll this up to anybody. I'm not going to put you too much on the spot yet. Uh, what do we think the word church means there? What, 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 is, what is another word we would use there? And actually, if your translation has something else besides church, even even better. <laughs> people. People? Okay. Uh, how many people, would you say? Everyone all of them. Okay, that's you said everyone together, all of them. Um, it does say the whole church. Um, and we're going to kind of talk about this some more later, too. But we, in Acts 5.11, would it be reasonable to think that he's talking about all Christians of all time? Probably not, right? Because most of us, at least in this room, were not alive when this happened. So we probably not filled with great fear when this happened. Um, and as we'll see in a second, I kind of jumped ahead of myself, but one, one use of the word church that we have, I know that we've at least heard before, is all Christians all time. We, we are the church, right? We call ourselves the church. We, you know, this is the church. We, but we were obviously not filled with great fear when Ananias and Sapphira were struck down. So now, Johnny, read the one I gave you again. <coughs> what one was it? 8-1, Acts 8-1. Okay, and Saul was consenting unto his death, and at the time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Okay, so if I say... The church is scattered throughout all the regions of Judea and Samaria. I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, does that? How does that compare there to just say just what we just read in Acts five, versus? Because I mean, how would you say? You know that? Would you say that means the same thing, different things? It's, it's still talking about the people. Right. It's still talking about the people. We're not talking about a building, right? right. Um, but in terms of how many people or the scope of kind of what that verse is talking about. And one in Acts 5, we have the church is in just on a side note, I, I chose three things from Acts because I want us to look at how Paul, I mean, you got the same author, same guy, um, the same word in Greek, translated the same word in English, kind of uses it different ways. So I kind of want us to look at the different ways, just the Bible itself, before we get into kind of what we think and how we've heard it before. Um, I want to just look at the different ways the Bible itself uses the word church. So you said it's still people. 
in five, it's talking about that particular group where uh, Ananias and Sapphira was in that okay. distinct area when they died. So that would have been that particular group in that area. Okay. And the other one is talking about all the churches that are being persecuted in the area. Okay. Not just that one, but all Christians of each group. Talk about the churches that's in Jerusalem. Churches of Christ in Jerusalem. Right. Churches of Christ in Rogersville. So there's there's an interesting one. You said, you said he's talking about the, the church is. At this particular place or this one, it would be all of them. So different congregations. Yeah. What we would say congregations. Yeah. Different groups, different meeting places of Christians. Um, say again? Um, I don't know if you could get all Christians from the two we read. Um, only because it does... We're not talking quite yet. I, I don't think, and, and this is just trying to read the text. I'm not trying to like say Paul definitely meant this or this. But uh, as Johnny kind of read for us in Acts 5, it's definitely the people who saw Ananias and Sapphira struck down. And in 8, it's definitely more than that. But I, I would not venture to say it's all Christians yet. Only because it says against the church in Jerusalem. And then they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. So we're, we're bigger than everyone who can see people struck. Like, we're bigger than earshot, because that's probably what it was originally. And, but we're still in kind of a region because, uh, again, if I, if I ask the question, you know, since we are the church now, was there a persecu persecution against you after Saul stoned Stephen? Well, not really, right? Not me, not, not us. Um, but that is where we're going next. So but I can get someone. All, but it, it would have been all Christians at Jerusalem. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, I think that's what he was trying to. Okay, say. I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you weren't a Christian, you wouldn't be first you. Yeah. So, so there is. Yeah. So we're. I think that's what Red yeah. was leaning towards. So we're still kind of limited in what we're talking yeah. about. We said. So we also probably didn't mean everyone within a building either, right? If I say the church, they probably just didn't mean everyone within the, in, anyone in any building, not everyone in every synagogue in Jerusalem, probably still just Christians, as you said. Um. Someone else read Acts 20, 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you grow to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Okay. So. What verse is that? Uh, Acts twenty twenty eight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you know I'm getting them wrong. So if I just start reading something to make no, any sense, say something. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I I always think I know the order of the books of the Bible until I get in front of the pulpit, and then I'm looking for Philemon and like Isaiah, and I'm looking at, and I'm, I'll get mixed up on you. Um, so Todd read for us Acts twenty twenty eight, and I I will put you on the spot, Todd, since you were so nice enough to read for us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when he says uh, to yourselves and on the flock uh, and he made you overseers did Jesus just obtain with his own blood just the church in Jerusalem or just the people who were the nine, Ananias and Sapphira how, how many people would you say that applies to I guess who all is that talking about That, that's probably the first we looked at kind of had geographic 
limitations. They kind of had like everybody who saw this happen, everybody in Jerusalem. But if I say the church of God, which Christ purchased with his blood, it's probably everybody, right? That's, that's to kind of go back, I asked Brett, you know, were we in fear when Ananias and Sapphira were struck down? Well, no. Okay. Uh, did Christ die for my sins? Was I purchased by his blood? Yes. Well, yes. I hope so, right? <laughs> that's, what, that's what we believe. Um, so just there, if we're just within one book, within a relatively short time span, from the same author, we've got a, at least two or three probably different definitions or usage of the word church. And that's kind of what I wanted us to see. Um, we could look at a few more. I mean, then the, I've, I've got a lot. I'll look at, actually, I'll bring up one more. And it, uh, it's, version on that, um, yeah. Chapter uh, verse 28. Does this say it's to feed the church of God? Yes. Oh, I didn't know where your version of Yeah, I've got, uh, but made you overseers to care for the church of God. Yeah. So that's, that's I guess, would say, you know, if we are still looking at those called out or the assembly, that's not the assembly of Zeus or of Hades or of, that's of God. So just like we saw geographic limitations before, or the, the church of Jerusalem or the church there, this is the church of God. Well, the re yeah, the reason I said that, you're talking about God here. Mm -hmm. You're not talking about some other person or, so you're talking about God. It would, if you have another version that says something else, you know, then that seemed like it was limiting God right there. Yeah. The okay. I, so, and, and you're actually getting to something interesting too. Can we can we be a church of anybody but God? Okay. And that would be an. We'll we'll look into that later when we talk about other scriptural names. Um, because we, when we say what is the Church of Christ, I don't know if I said this already, but we're kind of asking two questions. We're saying what is the Church. And why are we saying the church of Christ? Because, I mean, as we all know, there are plenty of churches that call themselves a lot of different things. Um, so, as I said, just there in Acts, we've got a couple different usages of the word church. And I, I do want to look at one more uh, in Galatians. And I'll go ahead and read it if I get there. Because... Uh, yeah, so it's pretty common the way Paul starts his letters. I'm just going to uh, read from the top of Galatians. Paul, an apostle, not through men, not through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. So just right there, he's limited himself. But something else I kind of want us to recognize, um, even though this applies to us, if I'm a Christian living in the area of Greece known as Galatia, because it was sort of a region, it wasn't just a city, Paul was not exactly writing to me. Does that make sense? That Like, this still applies to us, but even here, as we said with, uh, with the verse in Acts when he said, the church was bought for his blood, that was all Christians everywhere, and it was not bound by time. Right? Like, we don't believe Christ only died for the, the people who were alive he didn't just die for the church that was alive whenever he was, whenever he was crucified. We believe he died for the church all time. So what, what I'm getting at is there's pretty much, I would say, at least three different ways uh, the word church is used in the Bible. Um, there is Christians in a specific place at a specific time. 
which is kind of like what we read with Ananias and Sapphira. They're Christians who are they're, they're limited in both time and location. It's very specific because and, and that is anytime there's an event that you have to be a witness to, that you had to see. Um, anytime he talks about the, this is what we would often refer to as the assembled church. Like I said, right now, we are the Romine Church of Christ because we're here, we're at our meeting time. The Romine Church of Christ is having Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night Bible class. You know, I, I don't mean anyone who's ever lived in this area, and I don't mean all of, uh, you know, Alabama to, and all the Christians everywhere. I just mean a very specific location at a very specific time. Uh, the second, and I kind of numbered these, but so, yeah, Acts 5.11, Ananias and Sapphira, that would be what we call the assembled church. The gathered church. Um, it's anytime Christians, you know, as Jesus says, two or more are gathered in my name. It's, it's specific location, specific time. Um, the other, and, and this is more evident in Galatians and in Acts 8, which was throughout Judea and Samaria, is more of a, uh, what I call some of the geographic church. It's, it's the churches in an area. It's what Paul, if you look through the letters of Paul, almost any time he says, uh, he starts his letter, he says to the church of Corinth, to the churches in Thessalonica. And sometimes it says church, sometimes it says churches, which is also kind of weird because when we talk about the body of Christ, we're talking about one, right? We, we don't mean the body. Don't, I don't think I've ever heard the bodies of Christ, and we'll get into that later on. But the churches or the assemblies... Uh, that is not necessarily limited geographically. It's more general in terms of location. You don't have to necessarily be uh, in, in one specific area, but it is still kind of bounded by time. And, and that's kind of confusing. And to be honest, it's, if it sounds confusing, it, it is. Where we're kind of looking at a language that I don't speak Koine Greek, which the Bible was written in, Paul didn't write to me. So we're kind of having to look back and understand well, what did this mean to them? So it's not, as I'm saying this, I want you guys to know, it's, it's not set in stone. This is not doctrine. This is just kind of, if we're reading the Bible, this is just sort of a linguistic guideline, if you will. Something to keep in mind is that the, the, the word church is used at least, I would say, at least two, probably three different ways. The second one is kind of vague, but this third one is very, set, the, I guess the best way to put it would be Acts 20 and 28 and then Acts 5:11, very distinct. We know there's kind of this one in the middle that's harder to understand. Um, when I say Christ died for the church or the church of God, that is where we talk about all Christians, all time. That is when we talk about the body of Christ, uh, the universal body of believers. In fact, something kind of I, I just had sort of as an aside, um, this, is, this is generally called the universal church. I don't know if you guys have heard that before. You got the assembled, the assembled church. Uh, the second one's usually termed like the geographic church. It's like the church in a region. Um, I, I guess my other example was like right now we are the Romine Church of Christ. Well, if I said, uh, you know, when we refer to the building, or if I, I just referred to this church, if I just if I'm telling somebody I, I preach at the Romine Church or for the Romine Church of Christ, I don't necessarily just mean everyone who's at one location and one time. That would be more like the second usage when Paul is saying to the churches of Galatia. If I say I work, if I'm a part of, or if you say you're a member of the Romine Church of Christ, well, you don't just mean the you know what we dozen dozen and a half people that are here right now. You kind of more mean just about anybody who's 
ever associated with themselves with that body. Does that, does that kind of make sense? That there's just, there's different, I feel like I'm losing people, but it's, it's weird. It's confusing. I mean, it, if it sounds confusing, it's because it is. It's the same word used like three different ways. It's, you know, well, Peter, give me an example. What Peter, he's a preacher there at a certain church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, he wasn't like Paul, the apostle that went everywhere. Traveled everywhere. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, see, I know Peter traveled some, but I don't, I don't know exactly if there's a church he, like, said I'm a part of this one. But... Um, you got to say something before I go off on some else? Look the name backwards and look at it no time. Mm-hmm. It, it actually should be the Church of Christ that worshiped at Romine. Yeah, true. Instead of the Romine Church of Christ. True. And we flip it backwards sometimes because the, the, the Romine part is where I choose to make my dwelling with those people mm-hmm. who are Christians at that church. So it's the home for your worship, your home congregation. So that's why when you flip it the other way, Romine Church of Christ or the Church of Christ that meets at Romine. Right, yeah. yeah. That's probably, that's, and that's a good point. And, and as we start looking into some of the scripture here, you'll see that is mostly, yeah, it's not called the Galatia Church of Christ. It's used, or the Thessalonica Church of Christ or the Ephesus Church of Christ. It's usually, yeah, the Church of Christ or the Body of Christ, the Assembled of Christ, the Church of God in wherever. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, an, that's actually a really interesting point. I guess that's, and that's, that's why I say if it sounds confusing, it is, but honestly, I think it's because we've confused it, um, and without getting into too much of a deep dive on translation history and all this and that, uh, if there's anybody, I, don't, I hope I'm going to set it, buddy, if there's anyone who kind of exclusively reads the King James, if you prefer it, because that's what your parents grew up on, I'm not going to bash on you too much. But this is one of those where when the King James Bible was translated, uh, church already meant building. Church already meant the Anglican church. It already meant the Church of England. And ecclesia meant assembly. It means assembly. It meant a called out group of people. And they were like, oh, let's just call it the church because that's what we want. You know, I, I want this to be about me, right? So they're like, oh, we'll just call it that. Um, you could argue that that's not just as we're familiar in the Church of Christ with the whole baptism translation. You guys have heard... You know, the, the baptism was a Greek word that meant immerse, but they translated it bad. They translated it wrong. This is one of those things where I would say uh, they got it wrong. I don't know if it was intentional to confuse people, if it was to somehow uh, validate their own position, but the church is not the building, and it's not any man made institution, despite what uh, some people would lead you to believe. Uh, the church just meant any group of believers. Sometimes it was just the believers who were here in front of me right now. Sometimes it, he meant the believers everywhere of all time. Uh, and just sort of a fun fact, how we said we've got, uh, what did you say? The assembled, sort of the geographic, and then the universal church. The Latin word for universal, for any time the Bible used this meaning, when they talked about it, was catholicos, which is where the Catholic church gets their name, just as an aside they believed they were the universal church. So when they translated it, that's where they get their identity from in terms of uh, you know, assembly versus church, building an institution versus believers, if that kind of makes sense. You know, we hear a lot of denomination people that maybe their congregation is building there, 
that have got long legs, but mm -hmm. you always hear them talking about or it gets burned down. They always say, we're going to build a church back, you know. Yeah. We'll build that church back. But it's not the church. You know, yeah. not build a building back. Right. The church is already, church is already there. Yeah. It's already been planted. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, you're, and that's, that's why I think this kind of stuff is confusing is because, like, we definitely don't help. Like, if I, I can't really, if I'm a Christian and I'm a believer in terms of a, a Bible-based version of Christianity, I can't really ask somebody, what church do you go to? Or what church do you, right? I can't really ask them, what church do you belong to? Well, there's, there's only one church. You either belong to it or you don't. <laughs> You but, know yeah, but we, you know, when we say there was a church split, no, you didn't split the church. You might have tried. You didn't split the church. <laughs> Ain't nobody, like, so if it's confusing, it's kind of because we have confused it, if that makes sense to anybody. But the, the Bible, the scripture, the original words of God are very clear. Uh, the church is the body of Christ. Doesn't matter how many of you are there. Doesn't matter if you're there. You can be over there. I can be talking about both of you. But... So I bring up these kind of three different uses so that when we start looking at other scriptures regarding the church, then it's on us to kind of look at it and go, okay, is he talking about just the people that are right there? Like, for example, um, when we, and, and we'll get into this another week when we start talking about uh, gender roles in the church. But a, a great point of debate is when Paul uh, is right. I can't remember the context. I think it's in 1 Corinthians but he says that women should remain silent in the churches. Well, some people say, well, he just means when they're right there in the church. Other people, um, I know in this town, it's pretty popular. If y'all have ever met the Amish people, one of the reasons that if you go talk to them, you cannot, I said here, in Lawrenceburg. That's <laughs> way close to the thing. In Lawrenceburg, there's a whole Amish community. I just realized it's like an hour from here. Um, but they don't, you can't talk to their women. If you've ever gone to like a couple, an Amish couple going anywhere, and you try to address them, she will talk to her husband, and then he will talk to you. Because they believe that when Paul wrote that, he meant women who are a part of the church, universal, should be silent all the time. And that's all I have to say about that at this juncture. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. It doesn't involve with the Amish, did it? <laughs> but, uh, Unless their husband's not there. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's so that's that's what I just want us to know is that you know when we're that's why I say it's it is kind of confusing because we don't always know it's kind of left to us to understand sort of a seek and you may you will find ask and you it will be given to you I think that's where it's on us to kind of search the scriptures and say well what does Paul mean by that you know what is what does Jesus mean by that what does Peter mean by that but just know that there's two at least three at least two or three different ways that they use the word church. So, um, with that being about as clear as mud, I do want to point out uh, there is some vagueness, and then to compound that, we talk all the time how there's just the one body of Christ, and we'll talk about how all throughout Scripture that is confirmed. But it's also kind of confusing if you're looking just if I'm a if I'm a new Christian and someone is telling me the body is never divided, well, the Scripture or Paul definitely refers to the churches sometimes. And that's what that's where it kind of brings us to the next point I wanted to make, which is just that even when there is multiple assemblies, it is always one body, and uh, that's why I kind of wanted Acts to be the one we looked at last, because when you look when you talk about the church that Christ bought for His blood, that you are to be overseers and caretakers of, you know, any at no point in Scripture 
do you see Christ say, well, I only died for the Christians who saw this happen. You know, I only died for the Christians in Jerusalem. In fact, all of the gospel and all of the, all of the letters afterwards clearly tell us that it, the gospel is for everyone, right? I mean, Jew, Greek, free, slave. He, I mean, you can get that from all over Scripture. <clears throat> so it would be unreasonable to think that the use of the word church there is at all limited. So that's why, like I said, it's on us to kind of figure it out, search the scriptures, and to know this kind of stuff. Um, another one I wanted to look at is uh, turn to Ephesians. Okay. I want to look at a couple more things in Ephesians. Just uh, when we're talking about why we believe that there is just one body of Christ. Um, I want to look at Ephesians 1. And I'm just going to read a few verses uh, Ephesians 1, 22. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. <clears throat> yes, we know Paul is writing to the church in Ephesians. But when he says Christ is the head of the church, he's not just saying Christ is just the head of the church in Ephesians and someone else can go be the head of the church in Jerusalem. Someone else can go be the No, when he's talking about the church here, he is clearly saying, because he says he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. Um, is there any questions about Ephesians one twenty two? I mean, I think about talked about. I think everyone here would agree that it it is a clear understanding of Scripture that Christ is the head of the church. I don't. I don't think that's something we need to belabor too much. Um, and that's yeah. This the next question I think that. I kind of want to get into. So we kind of looked at what is the church. I want to look at why do we say um, Christ. So um, if I can get someone to read Matthew, if I get one person to read Matthew sixteen eighteen, and then someone else to get Romans sixteen sixteen. If I get two people to read scripture, uh, get someone. First one, Matthew sixteen eighteen. Man, this is gonna be long. I can do this. One. So, Brett, just from reading that verse, who's the church belong to? It's not a trick question. Okay. I will build everyone's church. He's telling Peter that confession that he made that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. He said, upon that confession, I build my church. Yes. Not your church. Flip on over chapter 17 when you're at Mount Transfiguration. Mm -hmm. When Peter wakes up and sees uh, what they're going on, he said, let us build three churches. Mm -hmm. One that, for Moses, yeah, that's one for Elijah. Yeah. Well, one for you, one for Moses, and for Elijah. Mm -hmm. You know, then he gets cut, cut off real quick. Yeah. You know, God said, <laughs> you know, nobody knows where he was headed. <laughs> with that next, you know, statement, but whatever it was, God did not want to hear any more of it. Right. Because he said, this is my son, it's his church. Mm -hmm. 
So Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Uh, let's look at Romans 16, 16. I guess someone else read Romans 16, 16. Salute so one another with the Holy Spirit. The churches of Christ salute you. Okay. So, um, the first reason I have for why do we call ourselves the Church of Christ? Well, the first reason I would say is what I call specific biblical precedent. I can look at specific verses in the Bible and see there's a precedent for A, Christ owning the church. Christ, it says, I will build my church, possession, right? Church belongs to Christ. And then also there is scriptural precedent for the body of believers being called that. Does that make sense? We, we know that there are, there are plenty of, I mean, in this logic, I think it would be equally scriptural for to just say the church in uh, Galatia or the church in Roma and the church in Rogersville. But we'll get into, and we can get into why we don't really do that so much later on. Uh, but in terms of calling ourselves the church of Christ, there are specific verses we can go to to say, this is why I believe that we call, you know, the body of believers should be called the church of Christ. <clears throat> Um, the, the other thing I kind of have down here is what I would call a general biblical precedent. And that is that if, if I'm just someone down the street and I've never heard of Christianity, maybe I'm in a foreign country, I lived a long time ago, and someone came to me, you know, just like the Ethiopian eunuch or the, the Philippian jailer or whatever, and they just they read me, they taught me the gospel, I, was, I repented, I, I was baptized, and I, and I was seeking to live an obedient life. A natural, unbiased reading of the New Testament... What else would you call it? And that's that's kind of what I just throw from my my you know my what else reasoning it is like it, it is clear from the gospel that the the body that Jesus died for the the body that was established at, at Pentecost and the body that Paul writes to that he criticizes that he encourages that he builds up that he ministers to those are all one body and those belong to Christ. I, I think a natural reading of Scripture. You would struggle to come to any other conclusion. Does that kind of make? Does that? Does everyone following with that? That that's that's what I kind of call the who else reasoning. Who else would you name? The, who else would you name the church after? And that kind of. We'll we'll get into more of. If I ask the question, who else would you name the church after? We're going to get to First Corinthians three on what the Bible has to say about naming the church about other things. Um, but we've got specific biblical precedent, uh, general biblical precedent. Uh, the other thing is glorification, and this is, I think, a really, really big one. Uh, so we're going to read a few more verses, and then we'll try to wrap this up. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, this is going to read 1 Corinthians 10, 15. I'm going to go ahead and turn to the second one I got written down here. I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 15 through 17. Um, I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one, one bread. 
So one body, all partaking in Christ. Uh, and if you'll turn quickly to Colossians 3.17, I'm going to go ahead and read it just for the sake of time. Uh, Colossians 3.17, Paul writes, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, I, I read 1 Corinthians 10.15 because he's talking about the breaking of bread and the drinking of wine, um, which we would... Uh, you know, we, we do now as part of communion. Colossians tells us that in everything we do, to do in the name of Christ, uh, giving thanks. And then I want us to look at 1 Peter 4. Because when we're talking about why do, we, why do we call ourselves the church of Christ, I think there's a lot of different reasons, and all of them are very rooted in Scripture. Um, 1 Peter 4, verse 11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us over and over that whatever we do as Christians, we are to do for the glory of God. Um, I feel like this in conjunction with another verse we're going to get to, I do feel like we are scripturally limited to what we call our church. If for no other reason than who owns the church, who it belongs to, what the Bible has called the body of believers in the past, and then, like I said, for no other reason, because we are to do everything for the glory of Christ. Um, and then, so like I said, specific biblical precedent, general biblical precedent, glorification, and the other reason I put is ownership. We just talked a little bit about how Christ, the church belongs to Christ, Christ is the head of the church. I, I don't think we need to keep going on that one. But I, do want, I did want to touch on before we uh, dismiss is... Could we call ourselves something else? Before I give you any answers, I want to know what you guys think about that one. Could we call ourselves anything else? Yeah. Okay, why? You can call yourself what God called it. Okay. As long as you follow what God said. Okay. Because he called it several things at several different places. Okay. Referring back to him. Now, we, we use... The Church of Christ, because it gets back to what the Bible teaches. Mm -hmm. where they have taken the name and developed it into what they want a lot of times. Because he says in First uh, Timothy 3, uh, 15, he says, I have to stay with you so that I can teach you how you ought to, uh, ought to conduct yourself, ought to, how you ought to act in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. So he, he uses it, as long as I'm referring back to the guy who owns it, yeah. then I'm okay. But I can't just rely on that name, but it's the name that distinguishes us from others because it's the church of the firstborn, the church of God, the church of the living God, the church of Christ, because it's the church of the Gentiles. You so know, he calls many did things. Did a little homework? Huh? Said so you did a little homework? No, I didn't know what subject was we got here. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. body of Christ, you know. So, yeah, that's the reason I bring that up is because I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely grew up in a church that taught if you did not worship in a building that had the words Church of Christ on the door, you were not going to heaven. And I think it's kind of foolish for us to say that, well, the church is the people, not the building, but I'm going to judge where you're going based on the building you go to. Can't have it both ways. Like, the church can't be the building when I want to judge somebody, but it's the people when I'm teaching VBS. That doesn't make any sense well, to me. Well, actually, all it is identity. Correct. It's an identifier. Exactly. It's a descriptor. It's a, it's an, it's a, it indicates possession. 
And there are plenty of modern reasons why we, why we all have decided that, you know, hey, all of, the, all of us who believe a certain way and we teach doctrinally, we're going to stick to the same biblical name. But yes, it, it would be just as scriptural for us to say the Church of the Living God. Um, and actually, in the last page of the little handout I put up, I have a handful of different scriptures. Yeah. Yes, so that is exactly right. So it's, it is, not, but, yes, so, yes, and I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not using this form right now to suggest a name change. That's not what's happening. I guess I should make that clear off the top. Um, identity, so identity is a big one, and I think if you look at Scripture, there is, part of the handout, the reason I, I have a lot of Scriptures here is because, Churches of Christ or the Church of Christ is one of the most used names. The only one that's used more would be the Assembly of God. But that means in today's – that's kind of been taken, if you will. <laughs> Someone's kind of already ripped that one off the board. And they have the whole set of practices that are not, that are not what we believe and that we would not call scriptural. Um, you still have to watch when you see that name out front. The Church and of that's God. true as well. Yeah. It that ain't doesn't, the same everywhere. And it's not, that's not even the same everywhere. It's not yeah. far north from here. It's not. So, I feel like you're. The United Church of Christ. Say again. Yeah. And I've heard of that. I don't know what they. I don't know what they practice, but I have heard of that. They're not. Yeah. Well, that's that's confusing. Now you're just associating yourself with a lot of names. Um, I bet you, if you could think it up, yes. If you're asking this, I'm sure it exists. I don't know all of them. Um, I'm, and that's one of those also. I'm not super familiar with a lot of the. I know there's United Church of Christ. I've heard of Disciples of Christ, which I think have their roots really close to the Church of Christ. I think for some reason the United Church of Christ is actually something totally different. Um, just like. But, but I, I want us to understand that there, there are churches that we might say what they. Their doctrine is not scriptural. But we don't condemn them based on their name. Their name's not scriptural. It, it, the Assembly of God is a perfectly scriptural name. But it, it's their doctrine that I might have issues with. And so, yes, for, to avoid confusion, we have all kind of decided, you know what, we're going to call ourselves the same thing um, so that if you come to our church, we preach the same thing as another church that calls themselves the Church of Christ. That's what I started to say. If you go on vacation, go to California, well, I'm going to take California off because I'm... But if you go just somewhere overseas, yeah. you're on vacation, what are you going to look for? If you, you know you got to go to church, you're going to look for the church of Christ. Yes. Yeah. And that, I'm glad you said that because that's something I meant to say when I was talking about general biblical precedent. If I was a new convert that someone taught me the Bible and I did not know any denomination or anything like that, what other church would I look for? Well, it's my belief that like, I would look for something called the Church of Christ because that's what the Bible calls it. That's, what, that's who owns the church. That's who's clearly the head of the church. What else would you – that's why I said that's why I call it sort of the what else reasoning. It was like, well, what, why do you call yourself the Church of Christ? Well, what else would you call it? What, anything else, you've got you've to give me a long list of reasons to call it anything else personally. Um, and I want to look at one verse, and then like I said, I promise we'll get out of here um, because I, I do personally – it is my personal understanding that there are things – not only does the Bible give us options of what to call the church, I think there's things it tells us not to call the church. And we're going to look really quickly at 1 Corinthians 3. Um, 
But the name is important. And the, the name is important. Um, and, and I would agree with Johnny there because, I mean, you have Antioch, Church of Christ, which is biblical, you know, the name is. That's just like in Pentecost. Is that like a. It's not, there's not an Antioch community there that's not named after it. Oh, they're, they're named the Antioch Church of Christ from like the, the scripture. Yeah. That's interesting. Exactly. Like Bethel. Like Bethel. You know, House of. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes so this, you have to go in that back door <laughs> to find out. Because I was in Knoxville once looking for a place to go to church on a Wednesday night when I was working. Found one. And you have to go in that back door to figure out you're not in the right place. Yeah. Even though the name is right. When you got inside there, you could tell that I should have known by the way the building looked on the outside. After I saw them. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Christ outside, you walk there, and there's a big band over there. You know, I should have the architecture of the building. was not right. Architecture. <laughs> so real quick, we'll look at uh, 1 Corinthians 3, and then I'll have someone close us in prayer. Uh, 1 Corinthians 3, I'm going to read verses uh, 4 through 5. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor who waters anything, but only God who gives the growth. If I turn in a paper that somebody else wrote at school, I get an F, because that is called plagiarism. I think to name the church after anybody other than Christ, especially a man, as many do, and that is really where I said that is the only thing. There's things that are allowed by Scripture, and there's kind of some, some vague middle ground, and there's things that is prohibited by Scripture. But I would say, just from reading of 1 Corinthians, to name your church after a man is in violation of Scripture. Um, it's not very often you'll hear me just straight up condemn things other churches do, but there are churches that name themselves after men. I, I think that's in clear contradiction, because, and they have their reasons, and I'm not saying they don't. They'll give you a whole list of why they do what they do. But he says clearly here, to name yourself just over one part of the church is wrong. They're like, yes, I helped. Yes, I did all this. And yes, I ministered to you. But don't name the church after me. This is Paul writing. He's saying, don't name it after me. I don't care what I did. I don't care what Apollos did. It's not his church. So that's all I got. I got some, I got some other handouts for sort of our notes for the class um, up here. If you guys are interested, I'll set them at the back. Uh, Johnny, why don't you go ahead and close some word of prayer real quick. <laughs> Father, come to you now and say thank you for everything you've given us. For the opportunity and the privilege to be here tonight to study for your word without fear of our lives and in other countries. Help us as we leave here tonight that we're the example you want us to be. And that everybody can see that you live in us by the way we live. And us not having to tell them that we're Christians. He want to thank you for your son who died for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you can tell by the design of a building that something just ain't right. I got it, Daddy. Jesus is not known for Just the way it was built. Yeah, what, yeah, I want to hear more about this. What was the design that was... Jesus is not known. Right. A person in a cell that he cannot say.
No hard thing. Can I change? I look it up. I found it. I need it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The way I need to put it. I don't. I don't want to be here for the next day. Oh. Oh. Next time.